this is the Roaring Elephant Podcast for the 9th of July 2019. And today, it's news! All the news that's new and approved by the Roaring Elephant Podcast. And in the first news aspect, it's summertime, it's bright outside, it's warm. Yeah, so take the podcast on the road with you and listen outside. <laughs> on the beach. Or not. In the swimming pool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't, don't destroy your electronic devices, that would be bad. I don't know, it keeps um, the economy burning. I should say turning, <laughs> not burning, sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're kind of getting on to... So we should stop burning things. It's not very, not very sociable. Uh, I don't know, it's one way to learn, I've been told. True, true. <laughs> but that's that's for the future. You're sort of uh, breaking the uh, space-time continuum. Uh, yes, I have, I'm having my Doctor Who episode here, so just, uh, just ignore <laughs> me. Uh, for people who want to know more about this... Keep listening to the Roaring Elephant podcast and everything will be revealed. Yes, listen to episode 149 where all becomes clear. <laughs> Speaking of all becoming clear, um, should, we, should we get straight to some news? Uh, yeah, why not? I mean, it's a news episode after all. Let's, uh, let's do it. take your article first. So, foundations. Foundations are very important things, I think, in open source. We've seen the... Uh, the Apache Software Foundation has been uh, one of the longest running. It's been very focused around um, not just big data projects, but certainly the big data projects have uh, a lot of their core ecosystems mm-hmm. uh, supported by the uh, the ASF. And uh, you know, there's been some recent sort of rumblings. This article from uh, July first around sort of a number of kind of high profile departures, including kind of chairman, executive vice president, and uh, board member kind of all stepping aside uh, back in, I guess that was end of June, as this article comes from uh, July the 1st. Um, I mean, the the article, again, links in the show notes, but the article kind of talks about a lot, uh, but actually says very little. <laughs> it's, it's, one of, it's one of those. That's good journalism but, for you. Well... I mean, there's lots of kind of interviews with various different people that have a view on this, um, but you know, the the sort of the broad brushstrokes of the article seems to be that everybody is has you know closed ranks and yeah, there's, there's, there are no problems, nothing's going wrong, it's all fine. It's just that uh, you know different people have different vision, and so they're kind of stepping aside from their roles or whatever it might be. Um, I I don't know how I don't know how much of that is is real how much of that I believe and how much of that is just spin um but I I also think um and I think Jon when when we first kind of thought about talking about this particular article you brought out the um the the CNCF the uh, Cloud Native Computing Foundation which is very much, I think, the the darling of today in terms of foundations and um, sort of where a lot of the sort of exciting gravity for um, open source foundations uh, is, is currently sort of focused around. So I think that's fair? Um, yeah, I mean, CNCF definitely is a, a new darling and uh, largely helped by the whole Kubernetes movement, of course, which is also very popular at the moment. Um I think it's fair, although I don't see CNCF ever replacing the Apache Foundation in the short term anyway, because Apache is a lot uh, broader, let's say, because CNCF, cloud natives, kind of in the name, they're really looking at how to cloudify everything. And while all the stuff that's in the Apache Foundation is also applicable for cloud, 
it's not really the focus of the Apache thing. So I'm sure that CNCF can grow and encompass more. Apache can yeah. do the same. It's going to be looking at the future, what's going to happen there. But I, while I agree that CNCF is probably taking some of the limelight and some of the, the attention and some of the people, yep. Yeah. I don't think there's actually any competition going on between the two and there's more of a, uh, I don't know, friendly fraternity, combativeness of some, at most. I mean, I haven't seen any signs that it will be anything harder than that. And having, again, yeah. as we always, always said, competition is good. Only having yeah, one absolutely. foundation is a bad thing. <laughs> so yeah, I, we've had we've had the Linux Foundation for a very long time, um, the Apache Software Foundation, and now the the CNCF. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I mean, the, the, I definitely take all of your points. I would <laughs> say though that surely everything is moving to cloud. So surely that the CNCF will become the stronger foundation over time. Maybe. Mm-hmm. If you look at the at history, history is cyclical. You go from uh, concentrating everything into one monolithical thing, and then again fragmenting it out again because the first thing didn't work, and then that doesn't work. You put it together again. So over the history yeah. in uh, in business, in computing, in kernel, whatever, it's always have has had this expand. Uh, how do you call it? Uh, take put it together contract. again. Contract, thanks. Expand, yeah. contract. So it's going to go on. And at the moment, cloud is everything. But you're also now seeing with, uh, I mean, if you talk about things like hybrid cloud, uh, what they're actually saying there is that, well, cloud can do a lot, but it can't do everything. And they also need to have some stuff on premise anyway. So eh, there is not one thing that can do everything. If that was possible, then we would have found it and we'd all be lying on a beach somewhere doing nothing. Um, sadly, not the case. <laughs> so <laughs> no, I don't think it's going to go. Everything is not going to go to the cloud because definitely in the big data environment, we've talked about a thing called data gravity already. It's very dependent on where your data is coming from, if it's going to be working well in the cloud or not, because moving data from place to place is still something that takes quite a bit of time and effort yep. and uh, yeah, inevitably money. So no, I think both can really sit side to side and maybe they'll go into a different kind of orientation where the one foundation will be more of the development oriented things and the other foundation will be more of the how do I use this thing? Which are two different ways of looking at the same thing. So, And if you look mm-hmm. at the Linux Foundation, because you mentioned it earlier there, that was the one that I, and sorry if I offend anybody here, I don't want to offend, this is just me being stupid, I couldn't find the use for because I was looking at this from a development mind. When I started looking at open source many, many, many years ago, just because I was looking yeah. at downloading pieces of code and stealing, grabbing better people's work than what I could do myself. Yeah. And the, the, Apache gave me that. Uh, GitHub gave me that uh, after a couple of years. The Linux Foundation had a whole different kind of approach to the foundation thing in open source. And I think CNCF is kind of the same, but different again. <laughs> Make sense? <laughs> Maybe. That's <laughs> <laughs> day for no. <laughs> uh, I don't know. It's it broken my brain this morning. Um, ah, yeah, I, I, <laughs> yeah, I think I think you you could be right. You could be right. I don't. I don't really. I don't really know what the future holds for these kind of these this foundation approach. And whether or not, so I think generally speaking, these foundations are a good thing. They mm-hmm. provide, you know, a, a structure, um, you know, a home for for these sort of um, these kind of projects, um, a way for these organisations to run through some sort of you know sandbox incubating graduated um, 
sort of structure. So I think all of those things uh, make a lot of sense. And I think it also gives uh, it gives organisations a way to contribute back to um, you know the this kind of this open source community, which I think is something we'll probably get onto um, at a at a later date. But it's 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 obviously it's important to um, remember that actually the you know, the, the CNCF um, is actually sort of a is it, how would you describe it? Is it a child a child of the Linux Foundation? Is that how you describe mm, it? Would you say that? Do you mean in 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 idea or really? No, a it's, it's actually it is actually a. Um, is it a dependent because of? Yeah, no, it's no because it is actually so that the CNC, the Cloud Native Computing Foundation is actually copyright the Linux Foundation. So okay. they are interesting. Yeah, so they are actually. I don't. I don't quite. I don't quite know what the what the nomenclature the, you'd use is. Whether it's a a child of the Linux Foundation or, um, well, if it's copyright, yeah, or, then they are the Linux Foundation. Yes, but it it has a it's a very different it's a different subset. It's marketed yeah. differently. It has a uh, you know they have separate websites. You know all all that sort of uh, mm. all that side of things. You know if you look at the um, the projects that are on the the Linux Foundation, um, you know it's a subset of um, the projects that are on the um, the CNCF, or the other way around. The CNCF projects are a subset <laughs> of those that are on the Linux Foundation. So, yeah, i i don't I don't quite know what the what the um, uh, what how you describe that relationship. I, th- I think child or su- subordinate of or something like, along those kind of lines. But uh, well, if you look at their at their charter on uh, GitHub, it actually starts with Cloud Native Computing Foundation CNCF Charter, the Linux Foundation, effective November six, twenty fifteen. Blah blah blah. Yeah. So it really goes together. Now, maybe this is uh, even more simple than we were thinking before we started, and this is just the Linux Foundation kind of reinventing themselves. And again, this is not going to be one something that changes from day to day. It's going to be a thing of years, probably. But maybe Linux Foundation has made the decision that, yep, cloud, as you said, <laughs> everything's going to go to cloud, so we also have to kind of reinvent ourselves. Or on the other hand, it may just be that the CNCF is something that uh, got some point of uh, gravity at the Linux Foundation somewhere, yeah. and they needed some kind of how do you call that, uh, some kind of, uh, let's call it respectability, <laughs> some kind of starting energy so they can actually start something and people say, yep, this is not such something, but something that's can, that can grow, that has potential, so let's just put it under the Linux Foundation mantle for now, which is interesting. Because one of the things I had in mind, actually, was a bit of a, uh, I'm, a bit, I'm a little bit scared of CNCF because Google has such a big influence there because of the whole Kubernetes thing. But this actually puts my fears a little bit at ease because this means that uh, no, no, it's not coming from Google. It's coming from it's not coming. I'm, I'm saying Google here, just not because Google is bad. That's a company. You decide if companies are good or bad. But it's a single entity, a single commercial entity. And uh, the Apache Foundation's force, I think, is the fact that it's not uh, how do you call that ruled by a big commercial entity, and any 
just like the Linux Foundation as well. And any foundation in open source that has, uh, uh, that, that, I think it's good for a, for a foundation in the open source to not be backed by a single large commercial entity because that will always yeah, bring, yeah. Uh, yeah, problems in the end. So that was one but, thing. I mean, if, Go ahead. It, I was just going to say, so on that particular note, if you look at the governing board for the CNCF, there's actually only a single member of the governing board that's from Google. You know, yeah. There's people from Huawei, AWS, Red Hat, Azure, Samsung SDS, VMware, Fujitsu, Intel, Oracle, JPMC, Alibaba mm-hmm. Cloud, SAP, GitLab, SUSE, DigitalOcean, Apple, yeah, Cisco, all, IBM. You know, it's 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 everybody <laughs> that's that's in that. I'm sure I missed one or two there, but you know it's 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 all of the big names and no one there is is dominant you know i think that's a it's an incredibly um an incredibly broad set of uh, of of sort of members of a governing board which i think is a is an amazing kind of a achievement so uh, i think it's i think it speaks very positively for the the cncf as a as a foundation and as uh, as a set of uh, a set of people coming together and, yeah, and not think, particularly focused around one partic- one sort of uh, one key element yeah. and obviously that's pretty cloud oriented which is obvious normal for the cncf yeah. but i think uh, even have a jd.com in there i mean jd if i'm not mistaken that's the very big uh, let's call it the google of uh, of asia that's it's the first time I see them as a uh, founding platinum member, a high level member of one of these foundations. I don't think they're in Apache or uh, at least not at that level. Not that I haven't seen them. Let's call it that. But yeah. of course, cloud in Asia is very large of, uh, as well. They have their own environments, separate whole Alibaba cloud and everything. Alibaba cloud is there as well, separate again. Interesting to see Huawei, Huawei in there still. I mean, with the uh, yeah. current, uh, <laughs> are they still allowed? Although it's been retracted a little bit, and let's not go politic, but <laughs> now interesting. Yeah. So, will we still have any jobs? That's my next question to you. Well, not at the Apache Foundation, perhaps, but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, sorry about that. Yeah, it's seamless. Uh, uh, segue into Seamless the second article there. I've had. And it's an article I've found. It's not particularly big data-ish. It's an article I've found on the interestingengineering.com website. Uh, interesting name in, in, in itself. Called No Robots Won't Take Our Jobs But We Need New Skills. And uh, actually the one the reason I took this one is because uh, from time to time I monitor my Twitter feed to see if something new is happening in the world. And for some reason, I kind of saw like a dozen articles about robots taking our jobs and how future will change and stuff like that. So I started reading a little bit. And through this article, I ended up on a PDF, uh, yeah, call it a survey, statistical review idea from, I don't know, a manpower group who has put together a pretty nice little PDF with some, uh, well, can you can you call it conclusions? I'm not sure. But they asked about so, 18,000 yeah. employers in 43 countries about the likely impact of automation on headcount in the next two years, which function will be most affected, and strategies they're adopting to ensure they have the skills they need for technological, technological advances. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> no, no, I was just going to say, yeah, it, it's it's sort of a... It's, it's a lot of it is about this, um, the digital revolution and, you know, how this changes... Um, 
I guess the way that we engage with our with our customers, um, the way that technology impacts the um, the roles that it makes sense for humans to do, um, but it's also kind of interesting in that if you look at sort of one of the views which is around whether digitalization will increase or decrease headcount in many areas they they're expecting a fairly significant um sort of increase in the headcount for certain um certain countries so things like uh uh well i guess a lot, a lot of the americas both north and south um are expecting kind of increases um, following the automation uh, of jobs, whereas the the countries and the areas that seem to be sort of most affected by um, a sort of potential reduction in headcount seem to be sort of countries like India, Bulgaria, Slovakia, Slovenia, which I guess would kind of make sense given that we're you know, again, hugely broad stereotype here, but you know, stereotypes also exist for a reason. Mm-hmm. The um, you know, countries like India is where you you see organisations just throwing people at problems rather than um, necessarily putting as much effort into automation that you would see in you know in in the West more. Um, so I I, th- I think that is probably sort of one of the elements that's that's coming. Uh, alongside that yeah it's also a bit of a regularization i think because uh, india here has the the darkest red stain of uh, a lot of jobs will disappear here and i think that's mainly because we've been uh using india as a is it called a stopgap measure to to solve the problem to, yeah. at the moment just throw as you say more people at it from a what used to be a low-cost country now technology has picked up the pace, the things have been automated, so that stopgap measure is no longer necessary. Now, I've also heard outside of this uh, uh, document from uh, Manpower, there's also been a lot of talk about the fact that India has is becoming pretty technologically advanced in its own right. Uh, it's As I said, it used to be a low-cost environment. It isn't anymore because they have skilled people there now. They have people that expect a fair wage for because they know what they're doing. And again, you can always overgeneralize in both directions. But in India itself, there will also be a shift. Apparently, there's going to be more of a decrease still. I mean, uh, I don't know more than manpower does. So I'm not going to say that they're wrong about that. But... Um, I'm not entirely sure if anybody has that big of a problem. The thing that actually was more striking to me is the fact that uh, Western Europe is also a bit on the red side. If you look at their little chart here, uh, France, uh, is that Germany as well, Belgium, yep. and most of Scandinavia are also on the danger zone, if I can call it that. Why do you think that is? I don't really know. I think some of that is... I think some of that is the the same kind of elements that we've been talking about with India. Um, I think the there is also an element of um, you know teams and organisations are smaller in Europe, so there is a certain element of um, you know lesser automation, you know keeping people busy, that side of things. I, I don't think it's as prevalent, and you know it's not it's certainly not as. Uh, mm-hmm. 
you know, the, the percentage change expected there is nowhere near as, as high as uh, is, mm-hmm. is there in, in India. But, I, you know, at, at a guess, that would be, that would be my, um, my thoughts on that. Interesting, because I was more thinking brain drain. Because a lot of the automation and the whole robotics and everything, uh, you can say what you want, but the US is driving most of that innovation at the moment. Which also kind of means that jobs will shift towards the place where that stuff is happening. And considering the US is doing a lot more on that innovation than the Western European environment is doing, if any job increase is going to happen, it's going to happen where this innovation happens. So the increase in the US means a decrease in, uh, in uh, on our end. I uh, see, but that that's... Mm-hmm. I'm not sure that really... Yeah. I'm not sure it's quite that simple because you see... It, it, you know, you see the the countries like uh, so Switzerland, Germany, Sweden, Romania, Belgium, Finland, France, Netherlands, Slovakia, uh, Slovenia, and Bulgaria are all in the from from no change in headcount to minus nine percent. Whereas you've got Canada, Spain, Argentina, Colombia, Israel, Costa Rica, UK, Austria, Poland, Turkey, <laughs> Australia, Taiwan, Norway, Japan, which is a re- it's a really weird group yes. of countries that that are in this like one percent to ten percent increase. Then you've got like the eleven percent to twenty percent, which I think fits sort of fits what you were saying in terms of USA, South Africa, Mexico, New Zealand are there. Yeah. But then and then the, yeah, the exactly. countries. But then the countries where it, the, you're going to have massive increases in headcount, like Guatemala, Peru, Peru. Panama, Portugal, I, I guess maybe that is because there's so little um, digitization in place, they're yeah, expecting a massive good improvement. Point. That might be one thing. Yeah, but then how but can then, get Italy at the top? Yes, exactly. <laughs> like Between 31 to 40% increase in headcount in Italy. I mean, I, I just... I don't quite understand how, um, yeah, how how those how those numbers stack out. I mean, obviously, like all surveys, uh, you know, it's all based on on how people respond, and people just respond sometimes you know, emotionally rather than with actual rational you know, numbers. So maybe maybe that's part of it. I don't know. I just find it a really it's a really strange mix of. Um, have sort of viewpoints there. Yeah. Also, don't forget that even though the manpower report is relatively recent, uh, they're using a lot of data from the last couple of years from the World Economic Forum and everything, and those have had reports in 2016, 2018. So anytime you look at something like this, which is an aggregate of other surveys and uh, statistical inquiries, there's going to be some delay in there as well, right? But yeah. still, I, I, I can't say I saw Italy improving that much over the last year or so. Yeah. But then, you know, kind of moving on from the, mm-hmm. the sort of the, the geography of it, I, I I wouldn't say that there's any real um, surprise in the sort of, um, you know, job demand side of things, the uh, IT at the, the, the largest kind of section of 26%. I disagree a bit here because I have a feeling that they kind of bundled a lot under IT. Because looking at the the worst one there, finance and accounting. Now, uh, lawyers and accountants are the one breed of uh, humans that will always increase because we need more and more of them. 
That being said, yes, the accountant that's doing the books on paper with a pencil uh, and an ink quill, if you want to, yes, those are going away because it's all getting automated with programs and software, but there's still an accountant that needs to do this for, one, legal reasons. It needs to have the stamp of approval of an authorized, author, uh, what you call that, uh, notary, notary public, whatever. So I don't see that that's going to be that bad. Uh, reversely, even the more automation there is, the more governance will be required and the more accounting in the broader sense of the word will be required. But it kind of feels like they kind of clubbed it together under IT because it becomes a software product being used by a person and not a person doing something. I don't know. Mm, maybe. No? Not enough data to comment on that, really. True. Ah, it's but just a uh, conjecture. I yeah, but I did think that the the second highest one being human resources at twenty percent was also kind of that that I, that I guess was a little a little odd, a little strange. Yes and no, because the whole thing about uh, the digital transformation means that the whole workforce becomes more mobile. And I mean, looking at myself, I, ha- I had my first job for fourteen years, and uh, since then it's been coming shorter and shorter all the time because it becomes Truth. more easy. Which means that there's a lot more recruiting and headhunting, and how do I keep my people happy yeah. to stay here? So you'll need more human resources, I guess. Is it because of the transformation, digital stuff? Nope, but it's a, it's an effect of, uh, if that makes any sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's not directly, but it does come to come with it. I think. Now, the one thing that for me is the most uh, in, your, in your face there, not to put a pun in it, is the frontline customer facing increasing it. Because you kind of think that the more automation is in there, the less customer facing you need. If I look at my own banking habits, 10 years ago, I needed money. I went to the bank, talked to a person, got some money, go back, say bye, and do that. And now I take my app on my phone, click, 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 it's done. But they're seeing a 15% increase in frontline customer facing uh, jobs here. Yeah. Maybe maybe we won't all be replaced by uh, by chatbots. I think it's a bit of a backlash, actually, because we've been through this, uh, let's automate everything, and now people don't have any loyalty anymore because you're not loyal to your smartphone. Yeah. You're loyal to the yeah, person. True. And a lot of businesses are discovering now that the human interest, the human uh, relationship is very important. I mean, one of the biggest yeah. use cases in uh, big data is the 360 degree of a customer, right? Yeah, single view of the customer, golden record, whatever you want to call it there. The whole idea there being going away from the mass production, treat everybody the same for low cost to the more, let's exactly define what, not who you are, but what profile you are, what kind of person you are, and give you a as personalized as possible approach. Well, next thing, of course, is face-to-face connect communication with somebody that actually knows who you are. Yeah. So this, uh, yeah, makes sense, I guess. The sort of the, the next one that I'm sort of I've, I've I don't know enough to be able to uh, enough of the history, but it's one of the statistics that I've seen a number of time over the last couple of decades, where sort of a another percentage of the jobs that a another generation will perform do not exist yet and the percentage and the generation keep changing obviously as generations uh, you know are want of but I, I i wonder if that is just like a statistic that everybody just trots out for every single generation and i i actually wonder how true that is <laughs> i don't cuz i mean there have been um, I'm certain. I, I, I've definitely seen these. This kind of statistic yep. get trotted out for every generation that I can think of, 
And I do wonder actually how how much of that was was actually true. Yeah, I mean, it's easy to trot out because you can't ever clay, uh, prove or disprove it. Because, yeah, I mean, define job, define what you mean with Gen Z. It's, it's well, no, I mean, the genera- Generation Z is, is, is that those, are, those genera- generations are relatively easy to define. But nah. the, the job, I mean, you could do some sort of retroactive sort of reporting on this based on, you know, job titles that, didn't exist and now do exist, maybe. No, you can't. Look at the garbage man. Did the garbage man job exist 20 years ago? Yeah, the guy was on foot or on a bicycle with a trash can. Now it's a big truck, so it's truck driver now. It's, is that still a garbage man or is it a truck driver? Uh, I don't know. I think I think you mean uh, a refuse agent. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, a world beautician. Uh, uh, maybe. Uh, but... <laughs> Yeah, maybe. I'm not sure. I I, I, mean, I feel yeah. that that would be a, like a really interesting project, <laughs> but I'm sure that I don't have any of the skills or knowledge to be able to do such a thing. But I do, ah, I do wonder if someone out there has started looking at that because that I think that would be really interesting. I can't see any point in the 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 answers to that apart well, from yes, there is. knowing. <laughs> well, no, there is because. That's, I think, is the whole thing behind manpower doing this. And that's the last page of this thing, which is talking about upskilling and reskilling people. Uh, how can you uh, sell your new courses? Well, by predicting that job, uh, whatever, is going to be the thing everybody wants next week. I mean, if yeah. I was able to predict that data engineers are going to be so prevalent today, uh, five years ago, I could have made a killing if I could have convinced people that that was going to happen. Yeah. So from that point of view, I can imagine that a manpower group and things like organizations like them spend a lot of time trying to predict the future and what's going to be needed. And it's also not wrong. I mean, a lot of reskilling is required. I mean, a lot of things, I'm still doing the same job today, but I'm using different tools, different approaches, different insights, different whatevers, which I only can yep. do because I have over the years reskilled and upskilled myself, I hope. Yep. <laughs> I mean, I did go from DevOps to sales, so maybe I'm downskilling, but I'll let it out <laughs> to the <funny> people to <laughs> decide. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, and being able to predict what's going to be the next big job before it actually exists, that gives you a, an edge, I guess, if you're in the uh, education market. Let's call it that. Indeed. Indeed. So, yeah. Anyway, well, the good thing is that... So, I think the short answer is that... I was going to say the short answer, I think, is that uh, robots won't be taking our jobs, but uh, instead we'll have new and exciting, interesting jobs. Or maybe the robots wrote this, may lulling us into a false Ooh. sense of... Uh, mm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and on that note, unless if you have anything else to add... <laughs> I don't think so. Then that is all the time you have for today. You can support this podcast by becoming a patron. Every contribution helps. You can go to www.roaringalpha.org where you can find a link to our Patreon page. Uh, more information on the podcast, of course. And you will also find a link to our YouTube channel. We're still trying to get to 100 uh, subscribers on YouTube by the end of the summer. So we can actually claim our Roaring Elephant name on YouTube. So if you have a second, go to our website, go to the YouTube channel, press that subscribe button and help us out. Apart from that, you can follow us on Twitter using the Atadoopcast tag. You can send your feedback to podcast at roaringalpha.org. We like your feedback. Give us anything you want to talk us to talk about or 
talk about anything about us. I don't care. We will read it all and do something with it. Trust us. Until next time, my name is John. My name is Dave. I look forward to talking to you next week. Goodbye. See you then.